0: Hey, everyone. Welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. I am Thomas Bendit, the manager and host of the podcast, as always. It is Tuesday, August 1st, 2017, and we're continuing on in our our summer podcast series and, and really our summer theme to the site, so to speak, which is our look back at some of the best players in the Big Ten basketball conference over the last 16 seasons little bit of an arbitrary cutoff there but what we're really looking at is the best players from each team since 2000 and hopefully later this week or early next week we're going to have our Mount Rushmore of the Big Ten since 2000 which I'm sure will draw a little bit of controversy but nonetheless it it should be a, a fun topic and you know as I said we're continuing on we had Illinois we went through last week. I, I want to say we, we jumped on another team. I, I can't remember who else off the top of my head for some reason. Um, but as I said, we, we did hit Illinois in our, our last podcast, the, the Mount Rushmore for the Illini. But we're continuing on. And today we're going to be talking about Minnesota, the best the best players for the Golden Gophers since 2016. It's It's been a little bit of an, uh, an up-and-down period for the the Gophers, there's been some bright spots. There's been a, a fair share of struggles for the program, but you know they have they have Richard Patino right now. Things are looking up. The program's recruiting well. They're bringing in a lot of talent. So I, I think if you're a Golden Gopher fan, you do have to feel pretty optimistic about where things are headed. And you know hopefully if you're <laughs> if you're lucky, uh I, I will just add. I just remembered our, our other Mount Rushmore we had previously touched on in the podcast was Rutgers. So um, if you're interested in, in that podcast, I think it's two or three back here in the feed. But, you know, back to Minnesota, you know, obviously, if you're a fan, you're hoping that some of the players on this list will change, not because, you know, something happens to the former players, but obviously because the new players have such success that they they earn their way into that that top top group so uh we're going to be having Hugh street from the daily gopher which is sb nations minnesota blog joining us here in a minute or two but before he gets on i did want to touch briefly you know for those who have been following the scheduling announcements recently the last couple of podcasts have actually talked about the big 10 schedule which is not always the the most exciting topic but you know in the off season it's it's something to look at it's it's a real way to, I don't want to say judge what's going to happen in the coming season, but provide a framework, provide a baseline of what to expect in the coming season. And the Big Ten did release the opponents for the upcoming season. I believe they are the post that details them all is up on our site now at ptpowerhouse.com. And you can, if you're interested, you can go and check out where your team is set who they're going to be playing in the upcoming season and what figures to be a a wild, wild Big Ten. But with no further ado, we have U Street joining us uh, from the Daily Gopher. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good, good. Happy to have you back on board. I know you've been on the podcast a couple of times here um, in the past year or two to to chat about Minnesota and and all things Big Ten. But we we do have a – yeah, we, we do have an exciting topic here today. Uh, we're continuing on in our series, you know, some of the best Big Ten players from each school over the last 16 seasons, which is a little bit of a weird cutoff, but that's what we decided to use. Um, so, you know, before we jump into, you know, who these players are, you know, where you kind of see things, um, why don't you give our listeners who haven't followed Minnesota, you know, day in and day out over the last decade or so, uh. A little bit of a brief recap, you know, what has been the highlights, what have been the struggles uh, for the Golden Gophers since the the turn of the century?
1: Since the turn of the century, Minnesota in general has been garbage, uh, with the exception uh, from (laughs) 2000 to Tubby Smith taking over. Uh, Minnesota was hit with uh, the largest academic sanctions of any program up until the University of North Carolina football program a couple of years ago under Butch Davis. Not, of course, the basketball program, which, as we all know, was squeaky clean and had zero academic problems whatsoever. And we'll never get the Yeah, the the consequence of that was that they had scholarship reductions, which made it nearly impossible to recruit any real talent to uh, the Gophers, Dan Munson was put in a rather unfortunate position of simultaneously uh, trying to clean up the program from an academic perspective as well as recruit to win. Uh, He was reasonably good at the former and not particularly good at the latter. Uh, Tubby Smith sort of fell into uh, Minnesota's lap. He wanted out of Kentucky. There is unnecessarily mixed emotion towards Smith from the fan base Uh, But in terms of overall success, he's one of the most successful coaches, probably the second most successful coach at Minnesota, uh, certainly over the last 50 years. And he brought the program back on an upswing of actually making the NCAA tournament and then was fired and replaced by Richard Pitino three years ago, who had an excellent first year, a not great uh, second year, bottom fell out and then sort of returned last year and heading into this year with a very strong squad.
0: All right. All right. There we, there we go. Uh, I have a have a brief recap now. Um, So before, before we dive into the players um, just to set some of the ground rules for our listeners, I know some people are, you know, they're going to just listen to the one of their favorite teams. So uh, to set some of the backgrounds uh, first, The only players that are eligible for this are players who played in the 2000-2001 season or later. So they had to play in at least one season um, from that season on. And uh, second, obviously, uh, this is only college contributions. So theoretically, the player I always use as my example, O.G. Anobi from Indiana, didn't do a ton for the Hoosiers. Theoretically, if he tears it up in the NBA, it wouldn't impact his uh, ranking on this list, so to speak. So just to put that out there uh, for our uh, listeners. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go to our, our list, which I will also note that this is our writers list, I should say. Uh, this is not like a combined vote or anything from our site, but um, Connor Sinberg, who's one of our writers, he did our Minnesota Mount Rushmore, and the players he selected were uh, first Andre Hollins, uh, Chris Humphreys, Nate Mason, and Trevor Embakwe. Uh, uh, you should, uh, first, uh, do you agree with this list? Do you have any changes? And, uh, who, who would you put on here for the Gophers?
1: I think it is definitely a sign of how little talent has been at Minnesota since the 2000 season <laughs> that this is the Mount Rushmore. I would, <laughs> uh, uh, at a base level, the the person that's missing, in, I think he's an honorable mention, but the person absolutely should be on Mount Rushmore is Vince Greer, uh, who single-handedly willed Minnesota to the NCAA tournament one season uh, and provided not only a jolt in terms of winning, but it was also an incredibly fun player to watch uh, because he was an incredible chucker. He was a jump-shoot chucker, and on top of it, he was a jump-shoot Chucker from inside the three-point line, and yet he still managed to be somehow rather efficient, put up a bunch of points, get a lot of steals. Uh, He certainly should be on the list. I would probably uh, take off Chris Humphreys, and I would take him off because uh, Humphreys' individual talent was quite good, obviously. He ends up being a first-round draft pick. Uh, next year. He's only there for one year and he was really only there to pat his own stats. The team around him was terrible. He didn't uh, improve that team to compare him to a much better player in college, but Michael Beasley had a similar role at Kansas state and they had a much better team, even though Mm -hmm. the entire point of that team was to give Mike Beasley the ball. So that's probably the the primary person I would change. Otherwise, though, I think Andre Hollins or Austin Hollins both could flip. I would keep Andre, and I would – probably keep Nate Mason in part because I am expecting and so looking a little bit forward that he's going to have a similar uh, excellent season like he did last year, at which point he'll dominate most statistical categories at the point guard position for Minnesota and also uh, would have brought his team to the NCAA tournament several times. And then I think it's, it's hard to imagine that there's any better player from the Tubby Smith era, then Trevor Mmbakwe. And his, uh, his going down with an ACL injury more or less sinks the Gophers' chances to make a really deep run in the NCAA tournament. Uh, when he was on the floor at the college level, he was uh, near unstoppable on the offensive board, was an excellent rebounder on the defensive side as well. So I would keep him.
0: Okay. Uh, so just to clarify, who, who are the four that, that you're picking?
1: So mine would be Vincent Greer, number one, Trevor Mbakwe, number two, Andre Hollins, number three, and Nate Mason with an expectation that he's going to have a great senior season at number four.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, generally, I I think it's these four or five guys are are definitely above the rest. Uh, Mbakwe, I, I think a lot of people forget about him, and maybe that's because The Big Ten was just so loaded when he was on the roster for Minnesota. But, man, that guy was an absolute beast on the boards. Uh, Really lifted Minnesota in 2012-13. You know, that Minnesota team, I I know they didn't finish super, super high in the Big Ten, but that really had more to do with the Big Ten's strength that year than than any fault with Minnesota, in my opinion. Um, So I, I think, for me, he's an easy pick. Um, I, 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 agree. I think Andre Hollins, his, his just overall contributions are too good, uh, to keep him off. Um, I think Greer's an interesting choice. I, I think I, I would probably have gone with Humphreys, but you might've convinced me, uh, <laughs> to, to reverse ship on there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I do think the interesting one, it, it's really difficult to place the guys that are obviously still playing, you know, Nate Mason, clearly he's coming back next year. Um, what, what do you think he does need to do to, to cement himself on this list? And or, you know, what would potentially take him off for you?
1: Well, I think to take him off, so to take the worst case scenario, would be that he would regress very hard from last season. So he, his scoring would go down, his assists would go down, his assist to turnover ratio would go the wrong direction. Something like that. Uh, Minnesota saw a similar kind of excellent first, excellent first season, or you know, powerful season, big season, followed by a regression with DeAndre Matthew. So we had a DeAndre Matthew like mm-hmm. season for his senior season that I think that would probably take him off the list. I think what would cement him to be on the list was if he was named an All Big Ten selection again, and assuming he is then the likelihood that Minnesota is finishing relatively near, if not the top of the conference, is rather high. And I think if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, you do somewhat need to take into account how good did you make your team as opposed to merely
0: what were your staff like. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and kind of spinning off of that, one one question I'd like to ask on these Mount Rushmore podcasts is, You know, obviously I like to ask, you know, what player could potentially earn their way on? You know, obviously Nate Mason is already on the roster. Um, Is there any other player you could see potentially earning their way on uh, to a Mount Rushmore like this uh, that's currently on the roster?
1: I think on the roster right now there are two. Uh, The first would be Amir Coffey, who in terms of sheer potential – has the greatest potential on the roster right now. Uh, Obviously had an excellent freshman campaign. If Miles Bridges wasn't around, would probably have picked up some more awards. (laughs) I think uh, he has the chance to make a really big jump from his freshman to sophomore year. And if you believe, you know, the summer ball things, where everyone gets bigger, faster, stronger, and shoots better, uh, he is having an excellent summer and doing all of those things. If he were to to have an amazing sophomore season and for some reason decide that he didn't like money, so wanted to come back for a junior season and have something <laughs> like that, I think he would obviously be on the roster uh, and on Mount Rushmore. I think the other one is Reggie Lynch, and it's more because of his just dominance on the defensive side of the ball. Lynch certainly can score. And when he manages to stay on the floor for more than five minutes at a time, can be a good two-way player. But from a sheer watchability standpoint, the guy who has sweet hair and stands in the middle of the post and blocks everything is something that you're going to remember. And I would say if he has another season like he did last year as uh, the Defensive Player of the Year in the conference, if he has another one, then I think you could see putting him on Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I, I think Coffee again, excluding Nate Mason obviously who was on this list. I would say Coffee is the runaway favorite if somebody was going to earn their way on. You know, I think if all goes well for him, I I'm with you. I I think he has an outside shot at all Big 10 uh even first team if he really hits this year. Realistically, he probably won't end up on there, you know, with just some of the top end guys who are coming back this year, but um I, I would say him number 1 and, and lynch has to be two. um how how much would it concern you i guess you know and and now we're kind of really speculating here but uh what does it concern you a lot as far as the foul trouble uh for lynch
1: yeah <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's tough because i mean a lot of a lot of his fouls during the season are not good fouls it's not as if he was Contesting a shot, you know, got a got a wrist. A lot of his fouls were kind of objectively stupid, and so that's concerning because it <laughs> says a little bit about your basketball IQ. But it also, I mean, the the big concern for Gopher fans was that he would pick up too early, and then the second half would start and would immediately pick up a third. That's difficult because. His presence on the floor was so impactful for the team at large. When Reggie Lynch was on the floor, Minnesota's defensive rating is incredible. When Reggie Lynch is off the floor, the defensive rating is very mediocre. So he knew his importance. That, I think, is the concerning bit. The hope is that now that he's had a year of Big Ten competition – He's re- he'll be able to recognize, oh, yeah, maybe it isn't a good idea to foul someone 20 feet from the basket two minutes into the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly a reasonable take there. Um, before before we jump in, I do have a couple more questions about this year's team. Uh, I did want to ask one more sort of twist on the Mount Rushmore. Um, you know, this is obviously based on uh, college contributions, you know, of players who, who have played during this period. However, if you were choosing a Mount Rushmore based on pure potential, so just talent, they could theoretically have played one game for the Golden Gophers over this period, uh, would, would that change your list at all for you? Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, I, well, I, the immediate one that would come to mind is Royce White would probably be on Minnesota's Mount Rushmore on a, on a pure potential thing. He obviously never played a game. Rodney Williams would get on uh, Mount Rushmore. Amir Coffey would stay. And then I think you probably would have to give Chris Humphreys going back on just pure talent because he was a singularly talented college player and was good enough to be a reasonably high first-round draft pick. So I think those are the four. The – trouble with minnesota over the period that we're talking about is they had players who came in who from a potential were wildly talented especially during the tubby smith years most of rick rickert would be the other one that dan munson got were minnesota kids who could have gone elsewhere but if they had gone elsewhere they wouldn't have been the absolute focal point of the offense. And so they chose Minnesota not because Minnesota was necessarily great, but because they would be featured a lot. I think when Tubby came in, his recruiting, especially that first recruiting class, is incredible. And if either Rodney Williams or Royce White had lived up to their potential, then, among other things, Tubby Smith probably would be still be coaching at Minnesota. So the fact that neither one of them did is certainly aggravating as a fan but also for this particular exercise would have changed who you put on
0: it yeah that uh, yeah it makes sense i I know for me that Humphreys is a no doubt guy if uh, if you go with that evaluation but always an interesting take but but with that before we let you go I did want to ask you a couple uh, thoughts uh, coming into the upcoming season you know Minnesota certainly a team that has a lot of proven pieces coming back next year. You know, they're they're not one of these, uh, you know, maybe Indiana or Maryland where there's a lot of guys coming in and out. Uh, what what do you what are your expectations for this coming year? Has anything changed in the off season? And, and just generally, uh, what's going on uh, for the Gophers this summer?
1: Uh, I don't think anything has changed from the off season from an expectations. I think if you're a fan of Minnesota slash an outside observer, uh, the NCAA tournament is the absolute expectation. I would say a reasonably high seed in the NCAA tournament, so a six seed or better, is probably the expectation. They uh, lost almost no one from last year. Uh, Akeem Springs is a loss, but he's a one-year player. And really what you lost from Akeem, besides the leadership quality, was someone who could consistently shoot the three. So that you're going to have to figure out if you're Richard Petino and his staff, how you replace that. You brought in a shooter, Jameer Harris from New Jersey, who is an excellent three-point shooter, but he's also a freshman. He's a bit undersized. So there's going to be some trouble there. And then you brought in Isaiah Washington, who is also a surprisingly good three-point shooter as your point guard. So you have your top 75 recruit coming in, and that will, for Patino and his staff, give them the ability to rest Nate Mason, which is something they did not have last year. I think part of the late season, and especially his injury, is in some way due to the fact that he played an unbelievable amount of minutes last year, and that just broke down his body over time. So I think if your, your worst-case scenario, like a realistic worst-case scenario, is they make the NCAA tournament, but they make it as a bubble team. Your best-case scenario is they win the Big Ten championship. They have uh, absolutely the talent to do that. They have a lot of people coming back, so they have the vast majority of their minutes. Most of those minutes are upperclassmen, so they've been in those situations before. They have a singular talent in a mere coffee. And I think in any case to say that you're going to compete for a championship, you need to have at least one player who at any given time, you can give them the ball and tell them to go score, which they do have with coffee. Then on top of that, you have a team that really is good on the defensive side of the floor. They're mostly very tall. They're very long. They're very athletic, all of which should make them a potential contender. So I think that's the that would be my admittedly somewhat maroon-colored glasses. But I do think that this is kind of the year where you sort of see if Patino makes a very deep run, particularly with the recruiting class that they currently have, there could be a fairly massive upswing uh, in Minneapolis over the next two to four seasons.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on most of it. I, I think it's a very talented team. And, and really, the thing that's kind of odd, you know, in comparison to previous seasons, is it's a very proven team. I think you have, you know, eight Mason, obviously, all Big Ten guard last year. I Maybe I disagree a little bit on where he ranks specifically. But in terms of players coming back, you know, one of the Big Ten's biggest stars uh, from last season, Reggie Lynch, obviously very proven on the defensive side of the floor. If he can just elevate his game a little bit. And really, you know, as we talked about just improve his following, you know, he's, he's a potential all big 10 guy, you know, at the highest level coffee, you know, we've, we've already talked about him. I I think this team, I, I have a difficult time thinking they're going to end up finishing above like a Michigan state, but I I think this team, if if everything goes well, can absolutely be in the picture for a really nice seed in March and do some damage uh, for the next couple of years. Um, but so it, it should be an exciting time for Gopher fans and, and maybe that Mount Rushmore will be will be changing in the next couple of years. Um, but uh, but with that, you uh, Street, uh, what do you guys have going on in, uh, for the Daily Gopher uh, in the days and weeks to come?
1: Well, we're firmly in the off season, so expect a lot of you know really reasoned discourse coming. Uh, from a <laughs> basketball perspective, from a basketball perspective, uh, we're in a relative dead period, but obviously in college, football drives everything. Uh, so a lot of our writers are working really hard on what should be some really excellent football content. Uh, and when you have P.J. Fleck as a new football coach, there is always content to be
0: had. Certainly, certainly. Well, uh, well, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, have a good one, man. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Um, as a reminder, everyone, that's uh, U Street. Uh, he writes for the Daily Gopher, which is SB Nation's Minnesota blog. I highly recommend everybody check him out if you're interested in Minnesota stuff. You know, as you mentioned, a lot of excitement on the on the football side with P.J. Fleck coming in and on the basketball side, very talented uh, team coming back for the Gophers. And, and frankly, this this could be one of Minnesota's best a- athletic years that they've had in a long time. So if you're a Gopher fan time to get excited i guess but with that i'm going to call it a night uh we're continuing on our our mount rushmore series i'm hoping to have our indiana one here in the next day or two but my name is thomas bendit you can follow me on twitter at t bendit um you can follow bt powerhouse on twitter at bt powerhouse uh follow us on instagram as well subscribe on itunes or what have you uh stitcher i think we're on all the podcast sites so we'll see you next time and thanks for checking us out